You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today, Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey continue with Mean Christians. But I had enough humility to recognize my life is not my own. Yeah. You know, we sing that all the time. Oh, that song yeah. challenges me so much. Every time we say that, I give myself, because I really see very few Christians who really live like that. It's one thing to sing that, and we can, we can raise our hands and sing and slob and, and cry and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then we go take jobs that we didn't pray about. We move places mm-hmm. God didn't tell us to move. We marry people without even thinking about My life is, oh, shut up. We don't mean that. Because if we really meant that, you would seek the Lord before we make these decisions. Yeah, man. Rather than just doing what pleases our flesh. Okay? So... Romans 12 and 3 says, if I say through the grace given to me, and Paul says through the anointing that God put on my life, I'm telling everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Pride makes you think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But to think what? Soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Say, God has given everyone a measure of faith. You need to think soberly, think balanced, think in line with the word, think soberly, think in a balanced way, not to have, as the Amplified says, uh, or which, which is the Amplified or, or New Living Translation, don't have an exaggerated opinion of your own, own importance. Because as, as important as you think you are, everybody, well, um, we can just look over life, look over government, look over society, look over churches, look over companies. People die even unexpectedly. And the company didn't go under. And the church went on. Amen. Amen. And the kids grew and the family kept on. People were hurt. People missed them. But it didn't stop stuff. Sometimes we're not as important as we think we are. So you can have an exaggerated opinion of your own, own importance. Yeah. Because what we need more than any, anything and anybody else, we need God. That's the Amplified Version. He says, I warn everyone among you not to estimate or think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, yeah. but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. You know, there's a, there's a principle that I started teaching a few years ago based upon my friend Tony Cook's book. He has a chapter in there called uh, In Search of Timothy um, that he has a chapter called Deficient by Design. And it's based upon the scripture that says uh, uh, it is not good for man to be alone or all one. I will make a help me for him. And so it, he got, God saw that man needed help. So we are deficient by design. God made us in a way that we need other people. God made us in a way that we need to connect with somebody else to fulfill everything he wants us to do. We are deficient by design. He designed us to not have everything all in ourselves. Amen. You know, it takes humility to recognize that. I got it going on. I don't need nobody. I got it. And then, you know, again, and we sing, I know, I, I know what we mean. But we got to be careful with it. You know, as long as I got King Jesus, don't, mean no, don't need nobody else. That ain't true. Hmm. That ain't true. We need other people. 
And it's pride that makes you think you don't need other people. It's pride to make people think they don't need a pastor. It's pride to make people think they don't need to submit to anybody. It's pride that makes people say, I don't have to wait on no ordination. God called me. Okay? Paul, now, if anybody could have said that, Paul, Paul could have said it. If anybody could have said that, and even with all the revelation Paul got, he said, I know what God spoke to me. And God, he said, but the revelation God gave me, I went back to Jerusalem and submitted this to these pillars of the church and said, this is what the Lord has shown me. And Paul had enough humility even to be corrected. And sometimes we don't have enough humility and we're full of pride. And then you get so full of pride, now you start looking down at other people and being mean to people. So pride also make you forget where God brought you from. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14. God, God warns the children of Israel, the second generation, just as they're getting ready to go into the promised land. He said, beware, I'm reading this New King James Version, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, Oh, you eat what you want now. Pick, pick, choose, and refuse. And have built beautiful houses and dwell therein. You either build them or you buy them or you inherit them. And when your hearts and your flocks multiply, that's your businesses. And your silver and your gold are multiplied, that's your money. And all that you have is multiplied, increased abundantly. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And you forget the Lord that brought you out of the projects of Jersey City. And you forget the Lord that brought you out the trailer park in Sumter, South Carolina. Don't y'all get mad at me now. I'm just trying to make the word applicable to us. You can't forget where God brought you from. Thank God we're blessed and we give him all the praise and glory. But you got to, humility is recognizing I have what I have because God gave it to right, me. Right. I am who I am because of God's grace. Right. And so God warns, he warns us. So that means if you are not aware yeah. and stay on God, it is easy. Yeah. It is easy to slip over into this pride thing where you forget. Well, we've seen that happen. We've seen it happen. You know, um, you, people get caught up in the accolades or their successes, and um, they, start, they start sliding over to that place of arrogancy, pro being prideful, and they forget where they came from. And they can see someone else, you know, at a different level, and, you know, they say, well, I didn't say anything to them, but when you don't speak to people because you don't think they're good enough, or you think you're better than them, you, that you're somebody, that's mean. Me. You know, I'll never forget, this was years ago, and um, I mean, I go in and out of looks really quick, you know, really fast. What do you mean? For you your physical looks? Physical looks, you know. Short um, hair, long short hair. Short hair, long Baseball cap, hair tucked in, no makeup, sweats, what Sometimes you. you walk around the house, and I, I say to her, who this woman is, Harpo? <laughs> That's that. That's the really that, and I, I really feel okay with it. That's the athlete in me, the former athlete in me, right? So I, I never forget. I went to the store mall one time. I was standing in line. A woman turned around and said, "Nah." <laughs> I 
like, you right. Nah, you know. <laughs> and she turned back around. I was like, you know, she was going, going to speak, but when she didn't think I was, I mean, after all of that, I would have said, hey, how you doing? I thought you were somebody else. But she didn't even do that. You know, and then I never forget, I was on my way into the fellowship hall, right? Had the same type of, you know, going in, get real quick, had some sweats on, cap on my head. And I spoke to the sister and she walked right by me and looked at me because it was dark. And didn't speak and kept on going. I said, how you doing? She said, oh, that's you, Pastor Marsha? Well, you're being mean. See, one of the things that I had to learn, and people told me this, can't remember who told them, maybe it could have even been our kids who told us, yeah. but I didn't always know. So I've, you know, right direct, we, we're the founder of Right Direction, so I've always been at the helm of Right Direction. I've always been the pastor at Right Direction. I've always been esteemed at Right Direction. So people come into Right Direction, well, with rare exception, there, there, there was once or twice where I came into something one time, and I came in the back, and somebody else was hosting it. It wasn't our service. Like, they were renting our church, okay, and, they, and people treated me differently here because they didn't know I was the pastor, okay? Mm -hmm. But, but, but for, for the most part, you know, people always honor me and speak very nice and kind and sweet and, and greet and all that. Um, and, but somebody, I can't, people start telling us, uh, pastor, people, everybody don't treat everybody the way they treat you. People are one way in front of you. Shame. Shame. And another way in front of other people. Shame. So you'll always speak to me. God bless you. Praise the Lord. How you doing? Grace and peace. Shame. Bless and highly favored and walk by other people. Yeah. Okay. And so even I, those who are in leadership here, y'all know I've gone through great pains in our leadership meetings to teach us certain models that we are brothers and sisters serving our brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters serving our brothers and sisters. That we are nice to everybody. That we ideally want to greet you if we, know, if we greet you by name, okay, and then, and then greet you coming, greet you going. That's just being nice. That's, that's just being nice. Uh, Tell a story Kendra told us about the young lady who came to church Sunday. The woman came to church Sunday with her children. You can abridge it. I don't remember really. You don't remember the story. Yeah. Well, so my, Kendra tells us at her church uh, Sunday in, um, in New York. So uh, Joe Osteen, Joe had, had his night of hope Friday night in New York City at, at Yankee Stadium. And so, you know, he made the altar call. She was just amazed by how many people just responded to the altar call. And then Joe said, Joe told people, listen, I know a lot of people, you, a lot of you consider me your pastor. He said, but you need to get connected with the church. And go on our website, and there are churches that were connected to us. And when we were, and so on Sunday morning, a woman came to church with her three children. My, my Kendra said, a Hispanic woman came to church with her three children. And Kendra said she went up to the woman, you know, she's in the leadership of the church, went up to the woman and greeted her and started talking to her and asked if she wanted this. And she said, I was trying to weigh it out. She said, because some, you know, sometimes people want you to talk to them. Y'all know how people be funny. And sometimes people don't want you to talk to them. She said, I'm trying to get feel her out. And so directed the children to the children's church, what they call church kids at their church, and then talked to the woman and got her involved. In, and the woman came back to her and thanked her. She said, I was, I'm not going to mention the church name. If I mentioned, most of us wouldn't know. It was one of the largest churches. That was it. Was in, I don't know how they're doing now after the results of the things they went through. But she said, I was in that church for three years, and nobody ever spoke to me. She said, 
And I just thank you that I came to this church one time mm. and someone in leadership actually took the time yeah. to speak to me. Yeah. Yeah. And see, the woman started crying. I just want to thank you. You never know what somebody's going through. Yeah, she, Kendra said, she didn't think, she thought that she wasn't cool enough. Mm. Because at this they, other church. At this other church because there was a culture of looking cool. Looking cool. But she put all of our, her effort and energy into her three children. Yeah, Kendra said that you can see that, that whatever she has goes to her children. Right. How she's taking care, care of children. So, you know, so we start, you know, talking about sometimes people judge people by what they see, you know, and they qualify if they have this look, if someone ever, you know, would address them or speak to them. At the end of the day, y'all, as Christians, that's just mean. That's mean to disregard people, to not speak to people, to not acknowledge people. You should, you should treat people the way you would want to be treated. Mm. Amen? Amen. And so, again, you get lift up in pride, and some people, they're mean because they start looking down on somebody uh, because they're not like them in whatever way, especially spiritually. So Paul reminds us, we covered this scripture last week too, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. He said, I want to remind you, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, I'm going to take some time right here, even though it's a passing point, but I can't go over the scripture and act like it don't say what it says. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. People who are not made righteous in God's sight, and, he can talk, and he's talking about people who live particular lifestyles. That's what he's talking about here. People who practice this lifestyle. Not people who attempted necessarily with these things, but people who live these lifestyles. Are y'all with me? Okay? Live the lifestyle of being a fornicator. Fornicator, you didn't say, fornication is a broad sexual term or, se or sexual sin term that means sexual sin or sexual immorality. And then you almost can put fornicator colon because these other ones are particular, uh, specific types of fornication. Fornication, he said, idolaters, Adulterers, neither homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, covetous, drunken, revilers, or extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul says you need to understand these people live these lifestyles. I was, I was somewhere one time and Chandler was with me and we went to this service and um, um, I, had to, I told Chandler, I said, we got to go. The pastor got up and said, he said, some of y'all got a problem with some of these things, and, you need, and, and you're going to be surprised when you get to heaven, and they there too. I said, Chandler, we got to go. Okay? Now, it's not talking about someone. Now, and let me also, let, let, me, let me distinguish this. All of us got some sexual temptation in our flesh that you got to resist. And, so, and, and homosexuality basically comes from same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. Just like some people got chocolate cake attraction. And you got to discipline yourself with that chocolate cake. Otherwise, that chocolate cake can give you diabetes. Okay? And as Brother Harriet in our church, used to, Brother Harry was cold. That was just a, just a Harry's late husband. Um, Brother Harry used to see people he ain't seen in a long time say, you look like you ate yourself. I'm like, dang, Brother Harry. 
You remember he used to say that? He said, you look like you ate yourself. So you can eat so much chocolate cake, look like you ate yourself. Okay? Amen. Because Bible talks about gluttony too. And it talks about drunkards and gluttony in the same. Now, we, we, we all know about drunkards. We don't deal with gluttony. Okay? But God deals with both of those sins. And so you need to understand just because something, there's a temptation in your flesh, that does not mean you can't resist it. And you can't be delivered from it. You, but you have to have a desire to. Are oh, y'all listening to me? But as long as you say, well, this is just who I am, then you're going to just keep eating all the chocolate cakes. And no chocolate cake is safe around you. Are, are y'all understanding what I'm saying here? So he said, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, that's same sex, nor sodomites, that's specifically talking about men. Then he, but he puts the same thing, nor thieves, nor covetous. And I thought about covetousness. Covetousness, now a thief is when you actually take it. Covetousness is when you want to take it. He puts it together. Because Jesus did not merely deal with the act of sin. Jesus dealt with the thoughts of sin. Right? He says, Jesus said, I know you heard thou shalt not commit adultery. He said, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper or raise, the, or, or raise the bar a little higher. He said, you look at a woman to lust after you already committed adultery. So Jesus deals at the heart level. So thief, a thief is somebody who actually takes it. Uh, a covetous person is someone who's taking it in their heart. And he said, no drunkard, no violence, no extortion will inherit the kingdom of God. He said, they're not going to enter into God's system and nor in heaven if they continue to walk in this way, unrepented. But then he adds, he said, but before you start looking down on these people and judging them and talking about how you are, you, thank God you didn't have to, you didn't deal with any of that. He reminds us, verse 11, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. He said, so don't look down on people because such were some of you. And sometimes we act mean to people because we forget that we had to be delivered from something too. You didn't have to be delivered from that, but you had to be delivered from this. You didn't have to be delivered from this, but you had to be delivered from that. And some of you still need to be delivered. Okay, you know, I, I used to always say that thing about them making, you know, of judging people, particularly young ladies, and the men would go scot-free many times because their belly started growing and they wasn't married. Suppose your nose started growing every time you told a lie, like Pinocchio. Boy, we would have some long nose folks up in this church. Amen. So you don't look down and judging people and being mean to people because they don't sin like you. Yeah, I said what I said. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, the message translation says, a number of you know from experience what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, well. you were on that list. Since then, you've been cleaned up given a fresh start by Jesus, our master, our Messiah, and by our God present in us, the spirit. He said, so recognize Jesus saved you, but he can save them too. You're not saved by your own efforts. But pride makes you think too much of yourself. 
And so Paul reminds us, before we get filled up with pride, looking down on people and being mean to people because of our self-righteousness, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, reminds us, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. You didn't earn it. By grace you saved through faith, and that knowledge yourself, it is what? It is what? It's a what? Oh, so if it's a gift, then I'm not working to make heaven my home. Wow. That's good. If it's a gift, it's not by my own efforts. When I receive Jesus, I receive the gift. Salvation is the gift. It's, it is, faith is the gift. Grace is the gift of God. Not of works, not of your own human efforts, lest any man should boast. And then so Paul says, he says, I recognize who I am is by God's grace. Man, if we were recognized, that would cause us not to be mean to anybody. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. And I find this interesting that Paul says, I'm the least of the apostles. As any of us here who may not even be the, the most diligent Bible scholars, who was, the, who was the greatest apostle ever? Most of us would say who? Paul. Because most of the New Testament is by Paul. Most of the churches in, in, in Asia Minor and in, and in Greece that, that we know of were founded by Paul. And yet Paul does not commend himself or boast of himself. He says, I am the least of the apostles. I am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He says, left to me, I wouldn't save me. Wow. <laughs> he said, I... I really, as far as I'm concerned, it would think I would be disqualified to be the apostle. But by the grace of God, I am that I am. Say that. Say, by the grace of God, grace I, of am God. I, am I am that I am. You're, whether you're a high school graduate or a college graduate or a supervisor on your job or mother or father, whatever you think that you're proud of, you need to always remember, by the grace of God, I am that I am. I could be under a bridge somewhere. I could be in a crack house somewhere. I could be shooting up, shoot, shooting up heroin in my arms somewhere. I could be a prostitute somewhere. But by the grace of God, I am that I am. Man, if you always recognize that, you will give God praise and don't be mean to people. By the grace of God, Paul says, I am that I am. And, and, and watch this. And his grace towards me was not in vain. This, did I use this scripture when, when I started teaching the message, Building with Grace? Okay, because this, this goes with it too. He says, and his grace towards me was not in vain. He said, God put his grace on my life, and I used that grace. God, God put his grace, and I went to work with that grace. His grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. And at the same time, he said, but I, I'm, I don't want you to think I'm boasting myself. I labored more than other folks, but yet not I. It was the grace of God that was with me. Amen. He said, I was able to plant these churches because of God's grace. Hallelujah. I was able to preach to kings because of God's grace. I'm able to write these books because of God's grace. God has enabled me to do everything that I'm doing, and I can't take any credit by myself. So we have to remember that, and I'm close with this scripture, Proverbs 29 and 23. Read it, honey. <laughs> a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. So whatever promotion you have, 
whatever level of success you have, if you want to keep it, wow. if you want to keep it, remain humble. Ooh. I think there's such, there's such vital words that's in Scripture. God tell, Paul, um, Samuel tells Saul after, you know, he was told the final thing, you know, he, he, he was, first he was just supposed to wait for, for Samuel come for them to have service. And he decided to get, take the ephod and try to get out of the office and operate as the priest and make excuses why he didn't do it. And then in the final thing, God tells him to kill Ag- Agag and all the people of Agag. And he started making excuses why he couldn't do that or why he didn't do it. He blamed it on the people, even though he was responsible. And then Samuel said to him, the Lord has taken the kingdom from you and he's found another better than you. But then he also gives him these words. He says, when you were little in your own sight. Some words just don't go together. Mean and Christian are two of them. Being a mean Christian is a contradiction to everything that Jesus Christ taught us. In this message, Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey elaborate on what it means to be a Christian who displays the love of God in all areas. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at rdci.info via the store tab. Just ask for Mean Christians. Stay connected with us online or in person. Stream our services live on YouTube, Facebook, or rdci.info via the Watch Live tab on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Wednesdays, stream our Bible study at 12 noon and 7 p.m. On Fridays, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 p.m. If you're in the local area, join us for services in Columbia, South Carolina at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, Florence, or Fort Mill areas, join us for live services there. To find out more about individual campus service times and locations, visit our website at rdci.info.